What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 14 of The Baseline. I'm Eddie Montanez, back with my colleague, Zach Zavonchik. Sorry we we didn't have an episode last week. A couple of things went on, but we're back this week. So we're going to start it off today talking about Justin Verlander going on the 10-day IL. Uh, it sucks that he's not with the team to start the beginning of the year, but I could respect why he's doing it because it's the same reason why Carlos Rodon ain't doing it. Like, they want to be able to pitch in the games that really matter. Start of the season definitely matters, especially in the NL East. I feel like every game is in a is going to count in that division. But I definitely feel like this is the right decision. We have Tyler McGill, who I think could go out there and do his job. But I'd rather a fully – I'd rather a full 100% Justin Verlander than a 75% for Justin Verlander going out there just to pitch. So – I definitely think this is the best decision that he could have done. Yeah, I mean, it sucks. He just got picked up by the Mets the offseason. I'm sure a lot of people were real excited to see him pitch, you know, the first week. But like you said, why why rush it? Why push yourself to push or to start beginning of the year? I mean, you have a full season, 162-game season coming up. Come back, get 100%, and then just come back when it matters. Yeah, and he was saying, like, if this was end of the year playoffs, like he would be pitching right now, but he said that the best thing for him right now is to just sit down, sit back for like three weeks, see if it gets better because he knows that he'll pitch this year hundred percent, but he just doesn't want to risk three months of injury just to pitch opening week to make the fans happy. So I definitely think yeah. that this is a great decision, a, a fantastic decision actually. I mean, even everybody on the the IL so far started the season. I don't think anybody needs to really rush back. Like, there's there's no point. You have a full season ahead of you. Why push yourself and try to fight through it? You're just gonna risk hurting yourself more and being out even longer. And I feel like at the beginning of the year, anyway. Like, I don't know if it's only the Mets because the Mets have done this, but I feel like a lot of managers put out a lot of different lineups at the start of the year just to see who could be a part of the like the playoff team who could be a win who could provide for this team is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. And the Gary, uh, Steve Cohen knows that Verlander's producing. He paid the man $86 million for a reason. So yeah. Ver, Verlander knows that this ain't affecting him. Like he knows that he's going to come back and have a spot no matter what. So I definitely think great decision. Like I said, I don't know if it's only the Mets, but we have been putting many different lineups together to see who could contribute to the team. So at the beginning of the year, to me, honestly, obviously it means a lot because the NL East is one of the best divisions in baseball and we're going to need the wins. But at the start of the year, definitely I think we give Tyler McGill the nod and maybe like at the at middle of the next month, maybe the month after, then we give Verlander the ball. Well, let me, let me ask you this, and I don't mean to like talk about how old he is or anything, but do you think being pretty close to 40 years old, do you think he's going to have a harder time – readjusting back to come back from this than say a younger guy like Max Freed or someone? I mean, I don't know because like when our first, our opening day was Miami and before the game, he was doing long toss. Like he said, he felt great. He said he felt amazing, but he just didn't want to just tell uh, Buck that he's ready to go, but not be ready to go. So like he's doing as much as he's playing catch every day. He's done some bullpens. Like he's feeling good. But he just doesn't want to tweak it to the fa- to the point where he can't pitch October or late games. So yeah, yeah, it's a smart one. Especially when we have this guy on the mound. So, <laughs> Kodai Sanga's first outing. 
And I have to say, rough first inning. He had he gave up a run with the bait. He had the bases loaded at one point, but he got out of it. Great. Looked amazing. After that first inning, he looked so poised on the hill. Like his ghost fork moves a, a hell of a lot. His movement's amazing. I really like this guy. I definitely think that he's going to be our ace when Verlander and Scherzer's time is done on the Mets because I feel like these after two years, he's going to have the experience in the MLB to be a dominant pitcher. So, like I said, rough first inning from Sanga. Obviously, every pitcher that is going to step foot on the mound for the first time is going to have butterflies in their stomach because they're facing freaks. Like your like his first yeah. batter facing Luis Arias, who, in my opinion, is the best hitter in baseball. The guy swings and – it's literally contact every time. It's gross. So, Kodai Senga, great outing for his first time on the hill. Rough first thing, like I said, gave up one run. He had the bases loaded at one point with no outs. Struck out two guys and then got a line out to right. And then after that, it was smooth sailing. We won the game. I definitely think that Senga could be a really, really big piece in this rotation this year. And then in two years, when I think that he has the potential to be our ace, I think he could be a real stud. Yeah, to come out in your first outing in the MLB and pitch five five and a third and strikeouts, that's that's impressive. I mean, that's really showing you how good of a pitcher he really is. And, like, there were some points where, like, he would give up a ball. Like, like he would give up a cookie at some point. But, like, he, they, they couldn't hit it. Like, I don't know how. Because, like, he th- the guy throws dough pretty hard. Like, it's not just, like, his off speed's that gross. Like, he's going to hit 100. So mm-hmm. I definitely think that this was one of the best signings we could have got in all of like this is I was so happy when I saw that we got this guy. Like when I saw we what I saw what he was doing in Japan, I knew he was gross. I just I don't know. I just love this guy, honestly. From my from the first from the first outing, I think I'm gonna like this guy a lot. And I'm liking the bullpen too, honestly. Obviously, we all know that Edwin Diaz is out for the year. He's trying to make a cake, he's trying to make it back for October, but Brooks Rayleigh looks really good. Like, his stuff's moving a lot. David Robertson, I know a lot of people have been talking crap on him, saying he led the league in saves last year, blah, blah, blah. His movement's really good. And, honestly, I don't even think he was that bad last year for the Phillies. He had a 2 ERA, and his opponent's batting average was, like, a 183. Mm. So, I don't think Robertson is that bad. I definitely think that he could be the guy that could go out there and get 30 saves a year for us. So, this year's going to be a lot for the Mets. We're starting off <clears> – <throat> What a, like a big loss, obviously, with Edwin Diaz. We have Verlander starting the year on IL. I just saw today that uh, Brett Beatty left the game in Syracuse early, so that's not good. So a lot of things have been going on with the Mets, but we just got to go with it. So I definitely think that it's going to be tough for us, but we, we could get through it. This We have the same lineup last year that won 101 games. So I think yeah, we're good. It seems like once they get the pitching situation figured out, I feel like the Mets should have it together then like their lineup wise i don't think they're really hurting with hitting wise i know pitching i just know they have a couple hiccups here and there don't get me wrong like we're all we're starting off really slow like pete only has a hit has one hit lindor only has two mcneil only has two hits like honestly the ones that have been showing out for us are brandon mo mark canna tommy fam and uh omar narvaez so yeah. it's not like the big names in our orders are producing. So, like, I definitely think at the start of the year, too, like, it's definitely not going to be smooth sailing from there. Like, obviously, Luis Arias, he went 9 for 15 against us. That's gross, but he's the best hitter in baseball, in my opinion. So I definitely think that we're going to need some readjusting, especially with the World Baseball Classic. You saw what Lindor did there. 
beautiful World Baseball Classic, shitty start of the season. Mm-hmm. So we, once we get into the field of things, I definitely think we'll be all right. Yeah, it's it's what I mean. It's we're what four games in, five games in. Like there's there's a lot of games left to play, and a lot of people's batting average probably to go up. You know, it's, I think it's gonna work out for everybody. I mean, it's a slow start. You know, just getting feet wet again, but I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Now we're going to talk about another team in the NL East. We're going to talk about one of their big losses this offseason. So Reese Hoskins torn, tore his ACL in a spring training game, and he's out for a year. And honestly, this hurts them a lot. Like, we see what they're doing. They're 0-4 to start the year. Reese Hoskins is their third best righty bat on that team. And you have Trey Turner and JT, and I think Reese Hoskins is the third best righty bat on that team. You already don't have your best lefty bat. You already don't have Harper f- until uh, May, like mid-May, or yeah. like he's pushing for mid-May, but like June, yeah, July. Um... <clears throat> so Reese was a really big loss. I don't like their call at first base. I thought what they would do is put Sosa at third and put Alec Bohm at first for the whole, like the whole time. Yeah. But they, I feel like how he said at the start of the year, they're going to see what, how they, what they're like, what they could do with that loss. But 0-4 to start off the year is rough. Like, it's not like they're going to be 0-162. Like, they're going to win games, obviously. just a slow start. But I definitely feel like if they had Reese, like, they could have at least won one or two. Because I feel like he's a big part of that lineup. Even though, like, his defense ain't all that, like, his his bats are are pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I I think not having Harper to start the year and then losing Reese – right at the start of it. I think that's really going to hurt them for a while yet. But – and you were saying about their lefty batter. or they're, they're already losing their lefty batter. And their second best lefty batter, in my opinion, Schwarber, he's, he's off to a absolutely horrendous start. I mean, don't get me wrong. When when he gets a hold of one, he gets a hold of one. But I think he's batting like an 0-5-9 right now. Like he's really struggling. And don't get me wrong. Like you were saying, they have – they got Trey Turner – He's coming up and playing pretty well. I mean, it's – I don't know. It's I, I hate seeing any team go out and lose their first four because that's so demoralizing. But like I said before, it's a it's new season beginning. Hopefully they turn it around. I mean, going to see them on Saturday. Hopefully I see a good game. Uh, I definitely think losing Rangers Suarez was a big piece too. Like they have Matt Strom yeah. and Bailey Falter pitching. Like Bailey Falter, like – don't get me wrong, he had a great outing, his first outing. But we saw what he did in the playoffs. He ain't that good. And then tonight they have Matt Strom pitching for them against the Yankees. And, Matt, and Matt, well, Matt Strom. And Matt Strom is known as a reliever. So, like, they're really hurting right now in their uh, rotation. I definitely think Noah and Wheeler are definitely a good one, too. They had rough outings. But I feel like every pitcher's going to have a rough outing. So Yeah, it seems like their, their pitching's kind of hit or miss at certain yeah. points of the year. Like last year, toward the end of the year, I mean, Nolan and Wheeler came up and they were lights out for a while. But then they, like throughout the year, they hit spots where they're pitching real good, they're lights out, and then the next week they're giving up, you know, five, six runs and getting pulled in the third, fourth. Like you, you can't really, you can't really figure out what's going on there. And also, like, what's it called? Uh, their their bullpen. I don't really like it. Like, they're don't get me wrong. I only saw one one really bad guy out of it, that Novelli Marte guy, like that guy should never put on a Philadelphia Philly jersey ever again. Yeah. But, uh, like, if they're – Castellanos has been hitting pretty good. 
Bryce yeah. Stock hitting pretty good. Brandon Marsh has been hitting pretty good. What, what his decision making yesterday was stupid, but he's been hitting all right. Like their lineup has been hitting good. Like they all hit the Yankees yesterday, but lost by seven. So like, yeah, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I mean, even Bohm's hitting pretty well. I know he struggled early last year. He couldn't. He couldn't hit fucking water. I feel like they're just struggling with runners in scoring position, honestly. Yeah, that's. I think that's just the big thing now. Is just you can get runners on, but getting them home, they just they can't get it. And I feel like too, like this is going to be a big thing. I feel like when they have when you have runners in scoring position, especially with this new pitch clock, you're definitely going to feel rushed because you only you have to be set by eight. Yeah, and you know that you have like, all right. Let's say if Bryce's thought not, I don't know. Someone had Christian Pache against the Rangers. He had two chances of runners in scoring position. Didn't get ahead on any of them. He has eight seconds. He has to be set by eight seconds. I know that's already a distraction for them because you already have, you have two runners that could come in, and you know that if they could if you bring them in, you first of all you're already fighting for a spot that helps your case. And second, it puts your team up. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you have to be in the, the box set at eight seconds is definitely throwing you off. Because first of all, you have to look at the field, see wh- where you want to hit it. It's not like like where you want to position to hit it. You just got to look at so many situations by the time that you have to be set. So I definitely feel like there's going to be a bunch, a bunch of chances that teams have runners in scoring position. But because the, the batter is going to be so distracted by that damn pitch clock, there's not gonna it's not gonna work. Yeah, and like and like you know as well as I do, biggest thing coming up the bat, you have runners in scoring position. You come in, you know, you swing, you get a strike called on you. Do you want to take take a step out, take that breather, you know, you know, focus, get back into it? You, you might not really have the time to do that as as much as you'd like to. I mean, you have eight seconds. I mean, you step out, you know, take a breather, jump back in, but I mean, you also can't take a minute to or two yeah. minutes to step back in either, but you know, in a position like that, you want to take your breathing, you want to get a lot of, yeah, and like it's about approach too. Like, if you have you, like, let's say, let's see, Pete Alonso had to change his approach so much. Like, we all know how he is, he's a big, he's a big guy with meditating. Every at bat, he loves to meditate for at least a minute. Last year, years before, he used to take, he used to just sit there and meditate for like a minute before his at bat. Now he's just, now he just has to go in there, and mm. we know how that is for him. like He's like a big guy. Like he's really like, I don't know, like how to say, it, like how to say it. But he's really into that. So like, and he needs to do that in order to hit good. And I know he mm-hmm. does. So like, it's definitely gonna be a big thing for for a lot of people, especially running the scoring position, especially in a big spot that you have to be set at eight seconds. Like it's gonna be in your head bad. I don't know. I think this whole the pitch clock thing. I think that's gonna mess up a lot of people. I mean, not saying it's a hundred percent. The worst thing in the world, but it's going to be a lot of work to get used to. Yeah, I definitely agree with the pitch clock. Like Mark Hanna just got called called with a strike with a strikeout yesterday. He was very frustrated. He said that he likes to look at he likes to look at what the pitch what uh, what speed the pitcher threw the pitch uh, before and what he threw and like look at and read through his options. But now he can't. He just has to look at what he did and right now I have to get set. So, mm-hmm. like, it's going to be – and I see a lot of games, like, the average game last year was, like, 336 minutes. Now it's, like, 202 minutes. Not Like, now it's, like, two hours and 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. But now yeah. we're going to talk – oh, wait, sorry. No, I was, I was just agreeing with you. 
now we're going to talk about your team. I know you wanted to get talk about these. So what do you have to say about your Yanks? I mean, it's – so far, I, I'm i enjoying it. I mean, I feel like everybody's hitting fairly well. I mean, Volpe came up. I was hoping to see a little bit more out of him. But like I said, it's he's only played a handful of games so far. He has needs time to adjust. I mean, he's batting a 182. He has three stolen bases. Um, But, I mean, who was Johnny Brito the other day? I've been really impressed by him. I think I'm really going to enjoy seeing him pitch for us. He had five innings. He gave up two hits, no runs, and six strikeouts in his MLB debut. Like, that's it's pretty close to what Sanga throw threw. I mean, he didn't go. <coughs> wasn't wasn't really equivalent, but, I mean, obviously he came out here six strikeouts. Sanga had eight. So, I mean, pretty similar. But – I just the lineup so far this year. I'm not. I just don't understand why they keep putting Hicks in the outfield. In my opinion, I can't stand him, him out, him or IKF. I wish we'd just get rid of them already. Donaldson's, Donaldson's all right. I can live with Donaldson, but yeah, Hicks. He's still. I don't think. I don't think he still has a hit. IKF. They brought him in last night to pinch run. Like, I don't know. I mean, Judge is hitting pretty well. Rizzo's hitting pretty well. I mean, all the big guys are hitting. Which, you know, been scoring a lot of runs the past few games, but I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully it keeps going. Hopefully, we keep winning games, getting home runs, playing well. This is what I gotta say about the Yankees. So I definitely think your first priority is to do what the Braves do with every rookie they have: extend full pay immediately, immediately. Yeah, because you we saw in spring training what he's capable of, and that's I don't think anybody has a doubt in their mind about that. Yeah, so you, I feel like you extend full pay right after this offseason. I feel like, like how I said earlier, the Yankees are just giving Hicks and IKF a chance to see what they could do, and I feel like they're, they'll be traded by trade deadline. Trade deadline. Yeah. Uh, You're just filling uh, pieces at this point. And when Rodon goes back, that I feel like that rotation is going to be gross. We saw Nestor had a very good outing yesterday. Great defensive play, too. He yeah, had very three strikeouts. Yeah, three strikeouts. I think he went – Five, don't quote me on that. Something like that. Garrett Cole had a very good outing. Yeah. His first game. Like the Yankees insane. are really good. I've been. I've, I've. I like the lineup they're putting out too. Uh, John Carlos been smashing baseballs bad. Yeah. Uh, it was like four eight four eighty five or something. We hit one the other day. Yeah, I definitely. This team, I like. The, I like the Yankees this year. Like. I'm a Mets fan, obviously, but I definitely like the Yankees lineup for what they have. I definitely feel like that's the best lineup they could put out there. You got uh, LeMahieu leading off, I believe. Then you have yeah. Judge, then Rizzo, then Stanton, Stanton. then Donaldson, then Cabrera, then Glaber, then Cabrera, yeah. then Bruno, then Volpe. So I definitely like that lineup. I definitely like Volpe batting nine for the fact that I've seen him get on a lot. And I feel like your nine yeah. hitter, I feel like. Your nine hitter is like an extra leadoff, so like you definitely want that, your nine hitter on a lot. That's what I was going to hit on about Volpe batting ninth, which you have a guy that's as fast as he is and can take as many bases as he can. You usually want to see him higher in the lineup, but it's it's hard to compare DJ LeMahieu and Anthony Volpe for a leadoff spot. Do I want him higher in the lineup? Yeah. Do I want to take DJ out of number one spot? No. I mean, you can't. He's. I mean, Volpe's. 
in his first five games, you want to let him come up there, you know, get some reps going, get a little bit more experience going, then maybe move him up a little bit throughout the year. I don't know. I mean, like, but like you said, it's an extra leadoff spot kind of. So, I mean, in a way, I like it. In a way, I don't, but it's working out. Yeah, and with the Yankees, too, I definitely feel like their bullpen's really strong. They have Jonathan Loisica, Clay Holmes, Michael King. You have Ron Marinaccio coming out. He's been looking all right. Like, I definitely think this Yankees team is probably the best team in the American League. Maybe the Astros have the head, ahead, uh, like, a better team. But I definitely think that the Yankees are disgusting this year, honestly. Like, that lineup, I really like that lineup, to be honest. Yeah, there's not much I could really critique about it. You know, other other than getting Hicks and IKF out of there, but Stinton's telling me that Bader was uh took dry swings yesterday and he was feeling good because I know he had an oblique injury, so I definitely feel like when he's back in your outfield, you have Bader, Cabrera, and Judge. I definitely feel like that could be a top five outfield in MLB as well. So I definitely I like think Bader, Bader's back, you guys are gonna be solid. I like I like Bader on the Yankees. I, I really do. Like he was I've always liked Bader even when he played for the Cardinals. You know, he's fast, he can hit came up last year in the postseason. He loved it. I mean, I can't wait to see him come back. I think he's going to help us out a lot. Now we're going to talk about 2023 rookies. So we have Corbin Carroll. We have Jordan Walker. We have Anthony Volpe, obviously. We have Kodai Senga. We have Gunnar Henderson. A lot of rookies that I think that could be real big names in in this league. Yeah, I mean, starting out with Corbin Carroll because I know we talked about him so much in previous episodes. He's he's already batted at three thirty three with a home run, he has three stolen bags. I mean, he's he's not someone that I think he was viewed as someone that's going to come up and crush the ball. He's fast; he can get on base. You know, get a single, a double in there. I, I think he's playing up to what was expected of him so far. I think he's just going to go up from here once he gets more experience in it. I think he's going to play out pretty well. Yeah, speaking on Corbin Carroll, I saw that when they played Dodgers, he stole two bases on Will Smith, and Will Smith literally couldn't even get the ball out of his glove, and he was already safe. Mm-hmm. He's, so, he's so fast, it's not even funny. Yeah, so Corbin Carroll could definitely, in his rookie year, could have like 50, 60 steals, and I'm not yeah. joking. Like That could be gross. So I, he could be – a freak. Jordan Walker, I don't know if he's been hitting. I know he has his first major league hit already. He's a big he's a big he's a big guy. And I definitely feel yeah. like in that he, he's gonna fit really well in that lineup. I feel like that Cardinals lineup definitely is a really, really good lineup. If you have Tommy Edmond batting ninth for you, yeah, I definitely yeah. feel good. Yeah, so, I mean well, I know Gunner Gunner has a home run already. He's he's only batting a one sixty seven or something, which, like I keep saying, a lot of a lot of good prospects coming up that we couldn't wait to see. Still probably getting the getting used to it, getting the experience. But I mean, hopefully you see these numbers go up. I don't. I can't see Gunner playing at below two or two average all year. I think he's gonna come around and start getting on base more, start getting some knocks. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it's also. Like, real early in the year, like, he has a home run already. Like, we know this kick a hit. He did really good last year for the games he was up. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I definitely think Gunner is going to be a really big piece in that Baltimore Orioles organization, especially with Adley Rutschman. Especially if they could, what I've seen, I love Adley so far. Yeah. But I definitely think that after this year, Adley could take the number one spot as the, the best catcher in baseball. So I feel like this Orioles team could be very good, especially if they use Gunner and Adley in the way that they could win and put them in a position that they could succeed and build a team around them. Because I definitely think that they have a pretty good team so far. You have Jorge Mateo, who's yeah, stealing yeah. bags left and right. You have Austin Hayes, who's pretty damn who's a pretty damn good outfielder. He had a really he had a pretty good year last year. You have Cedric mm-hmm. Mullins. You have Grayson Rodriguez going to come up and pitch for you guys. You have John. Is John Means back yet? For I'm not sure if he's back yet. Well, if he ain't back, you still have Kyle Gibson for you. So mm-hmm. like their their rotation ain't horrible. Their bullpen needs work, obviously. Their closer is a freak, in my opinion. I like Felix. I like Felix Batista a lot. So I definitely feel like the Orioles, if they could, how I said, build a team around Adley Gunner. I definitely feel like you got to keep Jorge Mateo, keep Cedric. Like if they could just build a team around those four guys, they're gonna be really good in the next couple of years. That's what I mean. They, they, the potential's there, just how to build off of what they already have going. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Because we saw last year, like, no one expected that team to be over a 500 team. No one. No. You, bought At- they, you brought Atlee up. Did a big, real big change for you. You could, no, you could tell when a, you could tell when a, uh, when a player is going to have a really big part in the organization when they come up and they just start winning. Like, they went on a tear last year yeah. when, Adley was, when Adley came up. Yeah, because so, now you have a guy, you have a switch switch hitter coming up. I would, he's not incredibly fast, but for a catcher, he's quick. You know, come up, he can hit from both sides of the plate, start, and he can hit well. Yeah, real well. So, and I feel like that also just brings up the morale, the confidence in the team. Then, like, bring this bring this kid up. He's playing well. Start winning games. Start scoring runs. That just it gives you that confidence that hey, maybe maybe we can uh, maybe we can do this for once. And so the Orioles only- were looked at. Yours were looked at as the worst team in the AL East for how long now? Now they're like, hey, we got something going here. The reason I like Adley so much is because this kid was such a big name out of college, Oklahoma State. Like, he was such a big name, and he never folded under the pressure. Like, there's a lot of people that has came in the league, been all right, there has been really good their two rookie years, has been not two rookie years, their rookie year, the year after, and the year after that. But no one has – uh, like they just can't take the pressure. I feel like Adley has been a name. He knows he's been a, a name that has been talked about for at least five years. Like we've been looking at this kid since college and he came into the MLB and did it full. And he's arguably the best catcher in baseball. Well, he's top three, definitely number, definitely top three. Yeah. So absolutely. I definitely feel like I, in my opinion, this could be a hot take to you. Or this could be a hot take to everyone watching. I feel like Adley Rutschman could win an MVP. So, Absolutely, I could agree with that. Absolutely. So I mean, he well, did he win rookie of the year? His rookie year, I don't remember. I feel like the, is, I no, I don't because I is this, I know this, he was I, in the running. I don't remember. This count as would this count as his rookie year? Um, because I remember when remember when a Rosarena hit like twelve home runs at the playoffs. The year 
in the playoffs, the year after that, when he first had his opening day, like when he first that that counted as his rookie year. Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't know when they're counting his rookie year as. Yeah, yeah, last year was his rookie year. Who won AL rookie of the year? Did he win it? No, I, uh, no, it was Julio. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. So, yeah, Julio. Yeah, but I mean, <clears throat> you had a guy that came in, I think, top three for rookie of the year. And if he keeps playing the way he is, I, I think he can make an MVP run at some point. If not, the next year or two, definitely the next, you know, five. And, like, and it's not like, and I like it too because the guy's a catcher. Like, it's not, like, you, you're not fine. There's not, in my opinion, there's not a lot of top caliber catchers in this league. There's not. I feel like there's maybe like five, but, mm -hmm. and he came in and, and he came in and was one off the bat. Like he came in and was already one. Like it's disgusting. Like his opening day, he went five for five and got on base six times. That's gross. Yep. He's love watching Adley. So now we're going to recap the first week of the 2023 season. So, there's a lot of I like like there's a lot of teams that I think could compete for a playoff spot. Honestly, I like I like the Cubs, even though like they haven't. I think they're only one in three so far, but I, I like the Cubs. Honestly, like have you been saying like Belly Bellinger went deep yesterday. Swanson and Nico Horner are really good middle infield in my opinion. Like I definitely like the Cubs. I mean, I could definitely tell Belly's still struggling. I mean, know what his batting average is. I know it's low, but. I like I like I have been saying for how many episodes now. The Cubs definitely have potential this year. I think this is their year to bring it back to the World Series championship team. I'm not saying that this team can compete with that team, but it's a step in the right direction. They're they're getting the the guys to come up. They're getting guys getting hitters. But I don't know. Hopefully they can hopefully they can turn it around. I mean I don't know. We'll see. There's one team that I want to say that has that surprised me, but I don't really think it's surprising just for the fact that they got the best hitter in baseball. I like the Marlins this year, to be honest. Like, we we beat them in a four. Like, we took three out of four, but, like, they hit really good against us, in my opinion. Like, Luis Arias is a freak, is a monster. He had four games in game two. He had two games in it. He had two hits in every game. Like, the guy's a freak. Straight monster. And we know how Jazz is. He's gonna have his rough outings. He's gonna have his streaky outings. Like they're gonna they're gonna get hot. But I like what I saw out of Jesus Lazardo. He shoved against us bad. Like he did really good against the Mets. Edward Cabrera didn't do horrible against us. We we sent uh we chased Alcantara. I feel like we hit pretty good against him. But this Miami Marlins team, I feel like if they could get pieces around them as well, too, I think they could be pretty good. I don't like Jazz in center. Jazz had a couple really bad plays in center against the Mets. But yeah. I feel like if they could get their shit together, the Marlins could be all right. Now, I'm not saying they're making – I don't think they're making the playoffs this year, next year, or anytime soon, like three years. But I feel like in four or five years, if they could get – Yeah, they have some pieces right? there to work with. Yeah, definitely. So I definitely feel like in if the next like four or five years, if the ownership of the organization there could 
build around Jazz if they choose to keep him. I feel like they're going to keep Arias. You have to keep Arias. Yeah. But if they, I can't see them getting rid of him. Yeah. And I don't see them getting rid of Alcantara either. No. So I feel like if they could just keep their – I feel like if they could build around Alcantara, Arias, Jazz, if they if they choose to keep him and if he could play at the caliber that we would all like him to play at, I feel like the Marlins could be all right in four years. I also want to hit on two two guys that have been – I mean, one guy that's been surprising me, one guy I'm just surprised how well he's been playing – Brian Reynolds with the Pirates. Obviously, we know he's a stud. He's the best player in that, in that team right now. I know they've been going back and forth about signing him. He wants to opt out. They don't want to pay him what he wants. You were the, if I were the Pirates, you have a shitload of money to probably work with because you don't have much of anybody else. You have a guy that crushes the ball, gets on base a lot, really good outfielder. Give Give him what he wants. He's probably not asking for the moon, but he's you need you need him on that team if you want to keep winning games. He's already batted 353 with three home runs and hit two in one game the other day. Like and the other one I was wanted to hit on was Gallo batting 308 with three home runs. Gallo's three home runs in the first five games of the season. That's where the hell was that in New York? He struck out what? He struck out what? 150,000 times in one season with the Yankees. Now he goes to the Twins and just crushing the ball. Like, obviously, when we played for the Rangers, he crushed the ball. Came to New York, he sucked. Now he goes out to the Twins and he's crushing the ball again. Like, it's the beard, man. I, beard. I apparently, I don't know. What I got to say about Reynolds, I definitely feel like the Pirates have to keep him, but I definitely feel like they got to keep Key Brian Hayes and O'Neill Cruz, O'Neal too. Cruz. I've, yeah. I like Key Brian Hayes a lot. I feel like he is a great defensive third baseman. I like O'Neal Cruz a lot. The guy kills baseballs, kills baseballs. Play discipline ain't there. He obviously is in a chase. He's a new player coming into the league. You're gonna wanna, you're gonna wanna swing at the ball, and you're gonna wanna hit the ball very hard. And you can tell that's O'Neal takes a daddy hack every swing. But yeah. I feel like if you could sit down with O'Neal, I feel like if you're the organization, you, you you're gonna you you gotta be like this to O'Neal. You're a freak. We we could work with you, but you gotta calm down on your play discipline. You gotta stop chasing. You gotta work. You gotta work with someone. He needs to be with a hitting coach at least five out of seven days a week, working on his play discipline. Because I feel like O'Neill Cruz could be a really big problem in this league. His he's a, he's a really good defender. His arm is immaculate at the shortstop spot. He's very he's a very very powerful bat. I feel like O'Neill Cruz could be very good if he could work on his play discipline. I think the one thing I can say about keep Ryan Hayes and Oniel Cruz keeping them with with or without Reynolds, keep Ryan Hayes and Oniel Cruz are still really young, so I think they can kind of get away with getting paid a little bit less. I mean, it's not like Reynolds has been in the league all that long; he's been in 2019, but, but he ain't stupid. He still ha- like yeah, yeah he but he's stupid. he's been in the league. He's he's been around the around the league a few times, so I mean he he knows what he's doing. He knows how to get what he wants. You know, he's going out there. He's smashing the ball, playing real well. I think I think the Pirates need to pay him, and then the next couple of years pay Onyel Cruz and keep Ryan Hayes if they keep playing the way they are. Yeah, definitely. I, I, mean, I, I can't I, I can't see Onyel Cruz slowing down. I mean, he's he's an animal. Yeah, he's fast as fast as hell. Has powerful arm, powerful bat. Oh, 
And hey, if the Pirates still keep him, I'm sure someone will pay him a lot of money yeah. a few years from now. Yeah, I oh, bet he will. <laughs> I, but, I'm sure he will. Uh, I want to go – I want to say something about the first week of the 2023 season, too. I, I see a lot of people, like, saying how the Phillies are done. Like, they ain't done, dude. Like, they're on four. Their, their lineup is good. Like, there's, they are, they have a really good lineup, but like the fact that they lost Hoskins, especially since they already lost Harper, sucks bad. And it's the same thing with the Mets, too. Like, we lost our best player and he didn't even play for us. That's crazy. They didn't play a game for us. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. like, I like how I told a lot of people this Correa was the piece for the Mets. Correa was that big bat that the Mets needed, and we didn't get him. So, like, I'm not saying that our lineup – a lot of people say our lineup's top five, top three. Like, I don't see our lineup, honestly, in the top five. Like, I feel like our lineup's very top-heavy. I, I don't like the bottom of our lineup, and that's on that's being, that's being me being completely honest. Like, I don't really like the bottom of our lineup. But, like, how I said, how we both said it's the start of the year, they need to get a groove with things. Like, once we get going, I'm sure we'll be all right. But Let's I don't see know. what works and build off that. Mm-hmm. I've been you know, like, we're three around. and two right now. We're three and two. We got shelled yesterday, bad 10 nothing. But we're, you're not going to win every game. There's going to be games where you get absolutely shit on and you absolutely shit on the other team. So I'm not worried about it. I definitely feel how I said Correa was that big piece that we needed. And our lineup is just very top heavy and the top of our order isn't really doing anything for us in the first five games. So what I need out of the Mets is for Pete Alonzo, Lindor, and especially Jeff McNeil to start hitting the ball, because if I don't see them start hitting the ball in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be kind of nervous. Yeah. That's, that's when the anxiety is going to set in like, yeah. mm, come on, what are we doing? Yeah, I mean, that's in the same way with the Yankees. I mean, like I said before, I'm not I'm not really worried about it. I mean, Judge Rizzo, you know, Stanton and all them, they're they're playing well, they're hit, they're getting a hold of the ball. I mean, we're scoring a lot of runs. Three I mean, we're three and one now. But I mean, you also can't get complacent either. I mean you, you know, you, you get a good record going and then you hit a streak where you're losing a couple games in a row. That th- those games are gonna add up quick if you don't keep winning you know a string of games in between them and especially like i feel like we play in i feel like the mets and the yankees play in the two hardest divisions probably in baseball so like i definitely like how i said yeah start of the year no no need to worry about it but i definitely feel like every game honestly this year is going to count and not only the nl east but the al east because you guys know the orioles could do something now like it's not only the rays you guys and the uh Red Sox anymore. Like you guys have the Orioles now. And who's the other team in the division? Or is that the only four? Blue Jays. Yeah, you guys have oh the Blue Jays too. So it's it's like honestly that I feel like all five teams in that division have a chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, and I mean the Red Sox aren't off to a terrible start. I mean but I mean even look at the Angels too. They're they're three and one. I mean, you can't really count many teams out this year. I'm not saying that this first this first week is going to set the tone for the whole season, oh, yeah. but I mean, there's a lot of teams that aren't great teams that are winning 
their first three games or so. so yeah, I the mean, Rockies it's... smoked the Padres the first two games, I believe. I think the Rockies started off 2-0 against the Padres. So, I mean, the Red yeah. Sox are 2-2, two two, so, I mean, granted, that could go either way, but I don't know. They, they got a couple good pieces over the – over the offseason, too. I mean, they got Yoshida. He went deep last night over to Monster. I like Tristan Costas, too. I think Tristan Costas is going to have a pretty good year. I don't know. I think the AL East is going to be going to be fun to watch this year. Yeah, I feel you like can't, like, you, like awesome. you said, you can't really count anybody out in that division right now. I mean, everybody's off to a pretty good start. Yeah. The Blue Jays are one and three right now, but they're still Blue Jays. Yeah. I mean, like You can't really right. count them out ever. Yeah, no, never. But, all right, well, that's all we have for today, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in this week. We'll be back next week. Have a good one. Peace.